Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to this very special streaming Sunday here at Community of Hope, and welcome to, we're getting to do this from our studio. This is one of the very first times we're getting to use this, so thank you to every single one of you who helped contribute to our Christmas missions offering last year. We were able to build out the studio, get all the equipment, recruit a team to do this, and it's a privilege to get to start building more online content like this, so thank you. I also wanna give a warm welcome to everybody who's joining us online. At uh, this time of the year, especially on Sunday, so close to Christmas, we're trying to give our volunteers a much-needed break to give them a breath of fresh air and say thank you to them, as well as our staff members. So for everybody who's watching us online, if you're from Loxahatchee, West Palm Beach, CUH Espanol, our new Lake Worth campus, or one of our micro-communities all over the state of Florida, welcome. We're glad you're here. And especially to all of you who are new to Community of Hope who might have connected with us over the Christmas season or this past year you are our most welcome guest here this morning. We're glad that you're here. And if you don't know me, my name's Trevor. I'm one of the pastors here. It's my privilege to get to share with you here today. Now, uh, we are in the last week of the year. 2022 is right around the corner. That sounds crazy. It sounds like it's out of a movie. And uh, I've noticed that in our culture, towards the end of the year, we always talk about people who inspire us. We have a reflective time looking back in the past year. And I started to notice this a lot on the internet and a lot of magazines that are putting out special issues that are trying to get sales at the end of the year. Um, like Time Magazine just named their person of the year. It's Elon Musk. Now, Elon uh, is the guy who owns Tesla. He owns SpaceX. He's famous or infamous for cryptocurrency stuff and Bitcoin and all that. And Elon seems to have a way to upset people on both sides of the aisle. So he might not be a great example to us of what might be inspiring. So I thought, what's a more relatable way of who's showing up on magazines, of people who are inspiring at the end of the year? And then I found out Time is a very serious person of the year. Well, People Magazine has their issue of the people of the year. And I thought this would be perfect for our church. Uh, Leading on People's Magazine, People of the Year is none other than good old Dolly Parton. Who doesn't love Dolly Parton, right? Even my little girl, Tessa, loves Dolly Parton's Christmas album. It's her favorite thing. Have a holly dolly Christmas. It's adorable. You can't beat it, right? Now, uh, she's on the cover of this magazine not because she's the queen of country, um, but because she's also this amazing businesswoman. She has become a mega philanthropist, giving away millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, for just the common cause to love her neighbors. She loves Jesus, and she's trying to live it out in her life. Now, what's really cool about this is she's not the only person. There's a lot of people in this People magazine, and uh, they have multiple different covers on this one, too, which is really neat. So we have Dolly on one cover. Another cover, they're talking about America's teachers. My goodness, who has not been more inspirational in our country and in our culture than teachers the past 18, 19, 20 months with what we've gone through through the pandemic? If you're a teacher and you're watching this, Community of Hope loves you and appreciates you, and we honor you. You, you inspire us for the ways that you kept schools going. My goodness, all the controversy around schools these days. Thank you, teachers. You guys are in it to win it with our kids. We're grateful for you. So they highlighted a bunch of really cool teachers. Awesome things, super inspiring people. Another inspiring person we could see is Simone Biles. 
Now she got a ton of news during the Summer Olympics. And we actually talked about this in church with Pastor Dale that, my goodness, this young woman uh, in just a few moments was able to elevate the conversation around mental health and advocacy all around the world and having moments of courage. And her is an incredible athlete inspiration for young girls all over the world. It's pretty cool. Lots of inspiring people. Now, the only thing I didn't really see with the People magazine is that I think it must be missing a page because I don't see any articles about Tom Brady or Dwayne The Rock Johnson on here. I think I got a defective copy. I need to go back to the store. Surely there's a page with them in there. But I love this idea of people who are inspiring us. And this is what I want to talk about today. See, in preparing for this message, uh, when I was studying the passage for today, I was inspired in a surprising way by a character in the story of Jesus' birth. And not just any character, it's a prayer of one of the people involved in the birth of Jesus. In fact, one of the most important people. It's a prayer of his mom, Mary. So I'll read, I want to read that passage for us today. So this comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, and starts in verse 46. We're just going to read Mary's prayer here. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And so Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Would you pray with me? Uh, Lord, I ask now uh, just a simple prayer from the psalmist in the Bible that you would open our eyes, all of us, wherever we're streaming this, watching this, listening to this, podcasting this, that you would open our eyes and open our ears to see wonderful things in your law, to hear wonderful things in your word, and Lord, to have our hearts touched and transformed by you in a real way. Come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody with me online said amen. All right, so here's what's happening in this story, especially if you're newer to the Bible, maybe you're unfamiliar with this passage, maybe you need a little bit of a refresher. Here's what's going on. So Mary has already found out that the Holy Spirit has come upon her and she has conceived the Son of God in her womb under the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, her whole life has just been totally turned upside down. She's decided to take three months to go visit her cousin Elizabeth to get out of town and try to figure out what's going on, what she's going to do with this incredible move of God that's come upon her. Her cousin Elizabeth, there's already a story of how she and her husband, Zechariah, have already conceived actually in their older age. And uh, it's an amazing story of when Mary comes to meet Elizabeth, the baby in Elizabeth's womb, who happens to be John the Baptist, leaps for joy 
because the unborn baby in her womb senses the presence of the unborn son of God in Mary's womb. Elizabeth ends up being filled with the Holy Spirit. She prays this blessing over Mary. I mean, it's these unbelievable supernatural confirmations after confirmations that Mary probably needed to help her not feel completely crazy with what was going on in her life. Now, whenever anybody talks about Mary, um, our Catholic Christian brothers and sisters spend a lot more time and emphasis talking about Mary than people who are Protestant Christians, which is the type of church that we're part of. And I want to be especially careful here because a lot of people who are re-navigating faith in Jesus, re-navigating faith in the Bible, re-navigating the church, they have some baggage around some of this stuff, especially around Mary, and they sometimes get a little uneasy with that. And I want you to hear from me today. I get it. I understand. I'm asking you to maybe temporarily put aside um, any sensitivities around that and maybe be able to hear with fresh ears an awesome example that we can learn from Mary if you would be open with me for the next few minutes. It's really easy with a passage like this to have the residue of remembered religion on it. It's kind of a phrase that we use around our church where uh, if you've been around religious stuff, around church stuff for any length of time, it's easy to gloss over something like this, especially if you become overly familiar with it, that you quit paying attention to it, especially people with a lot of uh, heavy church background that just be kind of becomes noise. Well, when I was trying to read this with fresh ears, I began to think to myself and imagine this, not in stuffy churches and people trying to sing this or recite this or pray this in some stale religious ways that some people have experienced. For others, it's deeply meaningful. For others, they tune this stuff out. It's not the prayer's fault. It's kind of the culture's fault a little bit. But I was trying to think about this with fresh eyes, with a fresh perspective. I remembered that this was a prayer prayed by a 14-year-old girl. I don't know about you. When I was 14, I couldn't pray like this. My prayers when I was 14 was, Jesus, please give me a bag of Cheetos and a can of Coke for today. That was my prayers. Here she is praying, my soul glorifies the Lord. I mean, this is a young woman with an amazing relationship with God already, really early in life. Very inspiring for me to think about that. And as I began to think about it more, I I thought to myself, I bet that this prayer posture that Mary clearly had here early in life, of course, she carried that on through the rest of her life. She was one of the first followers of Jesus. She was one of the last followers of Jesus. She was there at the cross with her son. My goodness, this woman was dedicated to loving her son, but also knew that he was special, knew that he was the son of God. I began to think to myself, I bet this posture of prayer that she had rubbed off on her kids. And their kids saw her example of this. And I began to think a little bit deeper about this, that I bet that Jesus noticed this posture of prayer in Mary, even when he was a young boy. See, Jesus was fully God and fully human. And the part of him that's fully human still had to learn how to follow God, have a relationship with him, had to even learn how to pray. I bet Jesus learned how to pray by watching his mom pray. I bet Mary's prayer life inspired Jesus. I bet it taught Jesus. And I think it could teach us too. And I'm inspired by her by seeing this. I want to learn to pray more in 2022 
when I'm reading this prayer. And I want my prayer life to be contagious to people around me, just like I bet it was for Mary and those around her. You know, I see this um, unbelievable emphasis in Mary's prayer about people outside of her. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a big part of her prayer that is blown away that she gets to be the person who carries the Son of God and the incredible renown and blessings that have come upon her because of God picking this young woman in ancient Israel. That's there. She does uh, thank God for what he's done in her life. But she talks about something that's way bigger than her. She starts reflecting on her ancestors who have come before her and how God has been faithful to what he promised them. She starts reflecting on her descendants who will come after her generation to generation and how God will continue to show his favor and his mercy and his strength and his holiness to them. She says it here in Luke chapter 1 verse 50, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Clearly this idea of what we're seeing here in her prayer is that prayer is way bigger than me. It's just way bigger than her. It's just way bigger than when you pray. It's way bigger than you. And as as I was reflecting on this for myself, I began to think to myself, I feel like God began to put on my heart to remind me that prayer is often the best way to bless the people around you. It's one of the best ways to bless the people around you. Do you want to bless your family in 2022? Do you want to be a blessing to your friends this coming year? Do you want to make a positive impact in your community, in your neighborhood, in your school, place where you work, in your church, in our county, and in our state? Do you want to be a blessing? The best way for you to begin to do that, I believe, is first through prayer. Now, this isn't an excuse to, uh, well, I'm going to pray for people but I'm not going to help anybody tangibly. The Bible talks about that. It's useless faith. You say, I'll pray for you, but you don't help anybody with your practical needs. The Bible talks about that. Still though, I believe that if we learn to partner with God in prayer for things, that we can actually make a bigger impact on our world if we first learn to pray and invite God's kingdom into it before we try to go and do things in our own strength. I was trying to think about one of the biggest examples of this in my own life when somebody prayed for me and it bared a lot of fruit was this thing about my mom and dad. And I love my mom and dad. And many of you who are part of our church know my mom and dad. They're just wonderful people. Hi, mom and dad. I love you. We'll see you soon. Um, they uh, talked about how they would pray for me and my brother every single day. Now, this looks different for every couple. You got to figure out what works best in your life rhythm. They definitely don't do that at night. As soon as my dad's head hits the pillow, he's out cold and he's a snoring machine. Sorry, dad, didn't mean to out you on the internet. But they pray when they wake up in the morning together and they hold hands. And for years, like decades, they prayed for me and my brother. And they would pray specifically for us, for our lives, but they would pray specifically for our future wives. They would pray that they would love God that they would know how to give and receive love, um, that they would be protected. They would pray all these prayers for these future daughters-in-law that they would have. And God answered those prayers in spades. Let me tell you, I think my parents might love my wife more than me. When we got together, they looked at me and said, Trev, we love you, but her, don't mess this up. You understand? I mean, it's just this incredible way where their faithfulness in prayer has been a huge blessing 
to me. It's changed everything from my life. Maybe your prayers can change everything for somebody else's life. And what if we learned how to do that better in 2022? You know, another thing that I see when I'm reading Mary's prayer that pops up to me that inspires me to want to pray is she often references what scholars call the grand reversal that God does, where he takes what seems like stuck situations and instantly reverses things in a dramatic way. You notice here in verses 52 and 53, she prays this. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He's lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. Powerful people who may have, uh, be abusive in their power for the people, instead of serving people, they're using people. Man, God brings them low. And it's those who are oppressed and those who are humble who God lifts up. Those who are poor and hungry and needy, God makes sure they're fed. And people who are rich and unrighteous and hoard their money in greed, man, God sends them away empty. God can dramatically do reversal of situations and circumstances just like that. When God moves, circumstances can change in a big way, in a fast way. Uh, Speaking of my mom and dad, when I was growing up, Uh, every single day after school. And when I mean every day, I mean like every single day after school when I would come home, my mom would always have the Oprah show on at 4 p.m. like clockwork every single day. So all my kids of the 90s, everybody who grew up in the 90s, you know what I'm talking about, what's up? Uh, We all kind of grew up in this with our parents watching this. And this is long before Oprah got really huge. And you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. Uh, This is all of that season, that era of TV. Now, one of the things I remember was Oprah would begin to bring on spiritual authors and speakers and teachers, and some of them were okay. Some were a little less than okay, but it's still interesting sometimes. And oftentimes, she'd bring on these people who try to talk about prayer, try to talk about God and spirituality. And here's something I would say that I've heard a million different times from a million different people, and they would say something that sounds so... Um, sincere and spiritual, and I'll say the biggest thing prayer changes is you. And everybody would go, yeah, yeah. Except for I'll be watching this, and even as a kid, I'll be like, no, no, that doesn't feel right to me at all. I always got bothered, and I still get bothered when people say stuff like the biggest thing prayer changes is me. Now, I, I gotta be honest with you, like, I really love prayer and selfishly one of the reasons I really love prayer is because prayer does make me feel better. Like prayer is therapeutic for me. We talk about that uh, uh, a lot at our church and we talked about it even our last sermon series we did called Deep Peace where how can you access the peace of God, the joy of God? You often do it through prayer. Prayer does change me. But people short sell faith in prayer. And with the God who hears and receives prayer, they sell it short sometimes. And they don't understand. See, if you go back in history, and if you study any major spiritual awakening in a city, in a country, in a culture, maybe even a revival, maybe even great moves of justice in society where wrongs are being made right, 
every single one of them you could trace back to beginning in a prayer meeting in a church. Almost all of them. See, prayer changes things. Prayer moves mountains. Some of my greatest prayer heroes say stuff like this. Yeah, prayer changes me. But people who are dedicated to prayer are the ones who actually get to write history with God. This is the type of stuff I'm interested in. I'm not interested just in changing me. I want to change my city. I want to change my state. I want to change my country. I want to change my church. I want to change my family. I want to change my street. Prayer can dramatically change circumstances. Mary saw it. It's bigger than her. It's bigger than me. And it's bigger than you. And that makes me want to pray more in 2022. You know, there's, there's one more thing that I'm noticing here in this passage that really inspires me to want to pray more in 2022. It comes here when Mary prays. It's at the very beginning of her, her prayer. It's not at the end of her prayer. It's at the very beginning of it. And she prays this, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Now, what in the world does that mean? Like, my soul glorifies the Lord. That sounds like a super spiritual thing that people say, but they have no idea what it means when they say it. Well, really, what does it mean to glorify something? We referenced it a little bit earlier, where this prayer is called the Magnificat. And that comes from Latin to magnify. It's kind of where some of this word means. The word glorify there literally means to magnify, to enlarge, to increase, to make great. But used in this context with spiritual things, the original word actually means something more like this, to make a big deal about God and to walk into God's presence and say, you are awesome. And I want to tell you what a great big deal you are, what a deal your holiness is, your mercy is, your faithfulness, your goodness, your love, your kindness, how you forgive sinners, you change lives, you break chains. God, you're the absolute best. Glorify means I'm here to make a big deal about God in prayer. Her soul glorifies the Lord. Now, I want a soul that glorifies the Lord. That sounds great. Here's the fascinating thing about some dots that the Holy Spirit is helping connect for me in my study. See, what happens when a soul glorifies God is that in a very mysterious way, God lets his glory rub off on me when I glorify him. Let me show you what I mean. See, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he talked about how there's stories of Moses in the Old Testament, Hebrew scriptures, that when he would go talk with God, that when he would come out, his face was literally radiating light, that the glory of God began to seep into Moses and was radiating off his face. He had to put a veil over his face because he was freaking everybody out in the Israelite camp. And eventually it faded and it went away. Now, Paul tells us this is nuts, that in a similar but better way, God's glory rubs off on people when they come to him through his son Jesus in prayer. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 3.18. 
And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Why do I want to pray more in 2022? How does Mary inspire me to want to pray more? Well, clearly it's this for me. It's that when I pray, I get to become more like Jesus. When I pray, Jesus rubs off on me. When I talk to Jesus, I end up talking more like him when I'm not praying. When I ask Jesus how I should think about a situation or how he thinks about a situation, when I leave prayer, I end up thinking more like him. When I'm praying and I ask Jesus for wisdom and advice about what to do, I end up acting more like Jesus. The, one of the things I love most about prayer is that when I talk with Jesus, I end up looking more like Jesus. When I glorify God, God allows his glory to rub off on me and on you. What kind of an unbelievably kind and gracious God we worship who is willing to share his glory with you and with me and transform us so that we look like Jesus. Man, if there's not a better reason to learn how to pray in 2022, I don't know what there is. Because I know what my family needs more from me, they need me to look more like Jesus. My church needs me to look more like Jesus. My friends, my family, my neighbors, they need me to look more like Jesus. And the people in your life need you to look more like Jesus too. And you don't have to work hard at it. But if you spend time talking with him, he'll let himself rub off on you. So I want to get better at prayer in 2022, especially from Mary's example here. I want this. I want to bless people because I'm praying for them. I want to dramatically change some circumstances where God's kingdom needs to break in because me and my friends are praying for it. And I really want to look more like Jesus next year. And I hope you do too. So here's the one thing I just want to tell you about. We're going to start the year off in 2022 as a church with a thing we're calling 21 days of prayer. Now we're not going to start it in the first. We're going to start it midway through January. You'll hear more about it later. There's nothing to do with it today. The only thing I'm asking from you to maybe respond to God's word today is to have a heart that says, Lord, I'm in for going deeper with you in prayer this coming year. I want to go there. I hope you'll come with me. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the gift of prayer. We thank you that Jesus, you left your home so that we could experience prayer and intimate friendship with your Father in prayer because of what you've opened the way for for us. Lord, we pray what your early followers asked of you. Would you teach us how to pray? Teach me, teach every individual watching this, and Lord, teach our church community of hope how to pray in a deeper way in this coming year. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Hey, well, thanks again for joining us for worship today on this special online-only Sunday here at Community of Hope. 
Hey, listen, if you um, are interested in taking your next step of faith, maybe that's you want to learn more about Jesus, learn more about our church, uh, maybe learn what it takes to take your next step in faith and navigating that relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is text the word NEXT to the number on the screen, and we'll help you figure out what that looks like for you. We're going to be starting a new series uh, called How Life Works. It's a great way to start your new year. Make sure you invite a friend. So friends, God bless you, and we'll see you next year, 2022.